Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wim Lou. Continue to be joined by co-host Blake Murphy. And we are joined on the line every week, once again, by Dennis Schroeder. Dennis, I was down at practice. I didn't see you, man. Um, you must have you must have got out early um, in preparation for this interview. So we appreciate you. How you doing? Um, feeling good. Um, yeah, just had practice. I didn't see you either. Um, I think you got uh, got there a little late. Uh, yeah, you know what? They they don't let the media in until you guys are absolutely done everything. Uh, first off, you had your ten thousand point yesterday. You crossed that mark. Uh, so congratulations. But also, I wanted to ask you: Do you remember your first ever NBA basket? Uh, appreciate you. Um, no, the first NBA basket, no, but uh, first playoff basket. I remember against Indiana. Um, but uh, we searched it yesterday on Google, and um, I had my first basket against Dirk. Oh, uh, Dallas, 2013. Uh, in, October 26th, I believe. So, um, yeah, that's uh, pretty special. Yeah, I couldn't find the video of it, but uh, it just says in the box score that you got the assist from Damari Carroll, who was also a former Raptor. I don't know if you remember how Damari Carroll set yeah, you up. Yeah, that's my guy. Yeah, that's your guy? All right. No, I didn't. I mean, 2013, I couldn't shoot for nothing, so it probably was a layup or something like. That. It does say it was a layup. I got the play by you. You came in the game and almost immediately for sure, bang. Yeah, yeah. that's good. You got out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the, the topic of the day around the NBA is keeping the ball for special occasions. Did you get the ball last night for your 10,000th? Yeah, I got it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Giannis had a little trouble uh, I seen on uh, social media. Yeah, what are the yesterday. unwritten rules around that? Like, it does like are you guys aware when something like that happens that someone's going to grab the game ball? Is it on a teammate or assistant coach? Like, we had Kyle Lowry here for years, and he was like yeah. obsessed with always making sure they got the game ball for everyone. What are kind of the unwritten rules for that? I mean, I went to the locker room and I forgot. Um, I mean, people came to me. I was like, oh, it's 10,000 uh, career point. And uh went on social media. I seen it. And then I asked the PR guys if they can give me the game ball. And they said, oh, we're going to give it to you tomorrow. Don't worry. So, um, I mean, good organizations like Toronto is. Um, they made sure that I'm, you know, getting the ball. Um, got it today. So uh, that's pretty, pretty special. Yeah, I, I I do wonder what happened yesterday because uh, <laughs> when you said the, when you when you beat one of uh, Kareem's records, I feel like you should get the game ball, especially when you're when when you also get the win there too. But uh, we'll, we'll definitely yeah. talk about that a little bit later. Especially at home. I mean, Indiana yeah. just took it for a guy. You know, I mean, I respect that too. Your first uh, career points, but I mean, you lost first of all, and then you know somebody got close to seventy points. You know, you you got to get that. Yeah. I also found out today uh, there's three official game balls for every game. But uh, and Gian- Giannis says there's only one that counts, though. Like, he, he, can you, like, is Giannis telling the truth that by the end of the game, you would know the feel of that, ga- that day's game ball yeah. versus another ball? Because Giannis says they swapped it out and he could tell. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I couldn't. I couldn't tell. Yeah. I mean, he got the you know ball in his hands probably ninety uh, percent of the time, <laughs> so he can't, probably yeah. can't tell. Yeah. He shot thirty um, free throws, so that means he had the ball for at least three hundred yeah. seconds. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, let's talk no, about last night's game. You guys uh, were able to beat the Hawks. Obviously, um, 
the tricky coverage every time you play the Hawks is Trey Young, right? Speaking of a guy who with the ball in his hands a lot, he had 35, he had 17 assists as well. He had five turnovers. Like he basically had the ball for like more than half the game. You were on him for a lot of those possessions. Um, what was the specific like ideas and coverages that you guys really focused in on pregame in terms of preparing for a player like Trey who could obviously score and also pass from pretty much everywhere? Yeah, I mean, he's uh, one of the best, you know, pick-and-roll players in this league. Um, you know, uh, can shoot it from all three levels, um, can pass it, you know. Um, I mean, 16, 17 assists plus 35 points. I mean, that's really hard to get, you know. So, um, uh, really, really efficient as well. But we did a great job, I think, in the, in the fourth quarter and in the third quarter to get stops. Um and uh, limit him, you know, um, of making those, uh, uh, I mean, 40 feet, 35 feet, I don't know how far um, he's shooting it from, but um, limiting those and uh, just, you know, try to get him um, past it a little bit more. And uh, I think, I mean, we won the game and we're just going to stick with that game plan probably for tomorrow. In terms of that gameplay, I mean, maybe you're going to stick to that, to the Trey Young aspect. This is a rare time where you guys are playing the same team twice in a row. That's more of a playoff style. Um, how was practice and the film session today? Did it feel a little bit more like what you've experienced in the playoffs where you get to see a team a couple times? No, not really. I mean, we watched film, of course, uh, watched uh, good clips. Um, and then... Uh, Worst clips uh, or the bad clips, um, just to get better. Then we got on the court, you know, and um, shot a little bit, the treatment, and then we got out of there. So, I mean, we playing them uh, again tomorrow. We just got to be ready um, with the same focus, same mentality, moving the ball, and uh, make sure we, you know, do it for 48 minutes like did yesterday. Yeah. Um, well, on the topic of covering Trey, so we saw Darko change up the rotations, right? Typically, you would play a lot of the first quarter, and then you come out, uh, and then you close the second quarter. Same thing in the second half. Typically, you would play a lot of the first quarter or third quarter, uh, rest for a while, and then come in to close for the fourth quarter. We saw in the second half when Trey Young came out the game early because that's their substitution pattern. They like to take Trey Young out early in the first and in the third. Second half, you checked out when he checked out, and then you checked back into the game ahead of when you would typically play to go back against Trey Young. Um, you know, how, take me through that process of, like, did Darko come to you with that idea? Did you have that idea? Did the coaching staff come with it? And and how did you think that helped, you know, limit at least Trey in the second half? Yeah, I mean, uh, first first quarter, I mean, I played, I think, uh, in the first nine minutes, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. eight or nine minutes, and uh, Trey was already out. And then uh, I got on the bench and then he got it, you know, got it a little going and um, had like 14 or 17 points until I checked back in, you know. And I told coaches uh, maybe we, you know, match minutes and the assistant coach had the same idea. And um, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's, it takes all five, you know, to stop a player like that. And I think we just all uh, did a great job of, you know, and engaged in the second half. Um, but I think it helps when you, you know, uh, match the minutes there with Trey and, um, you know, make it a little uncomfortable for him. Yeah. Can I also ask you a really technical question? Because I was watching the film back and obviously the, the Hawks give Trey Young a lot of like ball screens, right? And it's a lot of pick and roll. 
and you obviously can't go under on a guy who's shooting from 40, so you got to go, you got to, you know, get through and fight through that screen. Something I noticed you do, you, you do this technique where you spin around the screen and you try to get back yourself into the play, kind of um, navigating the screen like that. Have you, is that always something that you've done? And, and, you know, when, I guess, do you pick and choose to use that specific spin move to get back yourself into the play fighting through the screen? Yeah, I mean, been doing it probably my my whole career. Um, sometimes when the big, you know, sets it a little higher and I know it's, it's tough for me to go over the screen, I can just, you know, spin under him and meet, um, you know, the, the ball handler on the other side. Um I mean, just some techniques uh, to, you know, try to be, um, I mean, try to, the ball handler, you know, try to uh, get into him, uh, make sure that he don't have no space because, I mean, when Trey Young has space and he just come off naked, then um, that's, that's that's too easy for him. And uh, that's what he always do. And, um, you know, shooting threes, yeah, elite and floaters, elite and finishing as well. Um, you've got to make it tough for them. So I always, you know, try to find ways, uh, watching a lot of film and um, just try to find ways to uh, be into his body. When it comes to Trey versus some other heavy usage pick and roll guys like a Steph, like a Dame, um, is there anything that Trey Young does differently than those guys that makes him kind of unique to cover? Uh, I mean, he got all the tricks to get to the free throw line as well. I mean, Steph is, uh, I mean, Steph is uh, similar, but Trey, I mean, sometimes it's a like you behind him, you know, try to contest it, but then he just stops and shoots it, you know. He got so many tricks um, to get to the free throw line, and you got to be really aware of him, you know. Um, even putting your hand on him uh, is really, you know, dangerous because he just finds a way to, um, get you tangled up and get to the free throw line. So, um, yeah, very unique player. All right, last question about uh, last night's game. Uh, there was a play, I think, in the third quarter, you were guarding against uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and he kind of swung through trying to get some space, and I think he put the elbow into your head. I think that resulted in a flagrant. I think you made the, the free throws afterwards, but... Um, you fell over and then immediately popped up. And I thought you were about to do something, but then you actually just grabbed the ball instead. So uh, take us through that play and, and and sort of just like what was going through your mind in that moment because I thought it was going to be a scrap. No, he, still, he just still met from uh, the, the World Cup <laughs> final. That's, that's what it was. Go. So I when, I when I got up, I was like, ah, I understand, you know, in this uh, – um, I put myself into his situation. So uh-huh. I was like, okay, I understand why he did that. So yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's so it. what do you think? It, like, this <laughs> has happened to you a couple of times before. Like, I, I know you got into it with OG at, at one point, PJ Tucker, Jeff T. You, like, this has happened for you a couple of times. Why do you, why do you think that is? Are you, are you, is it just like the level of trash talk, the level of intensity out there? It, Cause it seems like you, you know, there are like Draymond gets in the most of these scuffles, but you get in a few too. Yeah. I mean, it's competitive spirit, you know, uh, at the end of the day, you want to win a game, you want to be competitive, you know, you want to make sure that everybody knows uh, on the court that, you know, you can just um, think it's not sweet. Um, so uh, you just go out there when people were just uh, doing certain things, um, you know, what goes above the, you know, um, the line, then uh, 
you just got to talk back and make sure they, they know it's, it's, it's not cool. So um, I didn't like it. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, I I get it why you did it. And um, but that's I mean, I got to say, too, he's not that type of player who is, you know, who's dirty or doing stuff like that. And um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, uh, it happened. And um, I mean, we moved on very quickly. People in Toronto, when, when the Raptors signed you, remembered the incident with you and OG. Is that something you guys talked about at all? Or is that kind of, it just assumed that it, it's in the past once you guys are on the same team? I remember you at the time, you know, calling it a WWE move. It was. It was a WWE move, man. Yeah, for people who don't remember the context of that one, um, it was when the Raptors were playing in Tampa. And Dennis was, I think, in his first time around with the, the LA Lakers. And... um it was kind of out of nowhere. Like, I don't remember OG and Dennis ever having any beef, but the Raptors were slow out the gate. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, they, they got down early. Uh, and I believe OG got out on the fast break, and Dennis, you know, being a point guard, was kind of the first man back. Uh, and, yeah, OG went up for the layup, and Dennis kind of caught him mid-air. Or OG, remember, caught Dennis mid-air? I forget which way it was, but regardless... Uh, OG kind of picked him up and, and, and dropped him, and it led to uh, an ejection for OG. So, yeah, Dennis, uh, are, are you guys good now? You and OG good now after uh, that, that very, very random WWE encounter you guys had? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, there was, uh, I had to, you know, in Vegas, I think it was uh, when I first signed my contract, I seen him and it's like, man, what, what was that about? You know, because I never <laughs> talked to him before that. And, uh, <laughs> He was like, man, listen, it was competitive or whatever, and the emotions. And, I mean, we good now. You know, he's my teammate. You know, I go um, every single night, you know, to go uh, to battle with him and uh, to get Ws. So, um, yeah, we we over it. Yeah. Okay. I, I wanted to ask you something because you're, you've been in, like, a decent amount of, like, not fights, but just, like, you know, injections or sort of face-to-face kind of things. And you're also European. And this idea got brought up by some other podcasters, former NBA players, actually, uh, in response to Draymond, because Draymond obviously is suspended again. He got into another fight, whatever. And they pointed out the idea that Draymond is, like, going after Europeans. Um, you, you know Draymond. You played a lot in the Western Conference. I'm sure you, you played him in the playoffs last year. Uh, what, what, what do you think about this specific idea? I mean, that's just, uh, I don't think that's that's very true uh, that he goes for Europeans. Uh, I think he's just a competitive guy who uh, want to win. Um, he didn't, I, I don't think he meant to to hit him as well. I mean, he holded his jersey um, and he just tried to, you know, swing. But, I mean, he did hit him very bad. So, um, but, I mean, it wasn't intentional, I feel like. Um I know, and I play cards with him, um, and I mean, he's a he's a very, very cool guy, but when he gets on the court, he's just competitive as hell, so um, I really respect that about Draymond, and um, hopefully, you know, of course, uh, he apologized to Nurkic, but hopefully, you know, um, he can play again soon, because, I mean, it's just a competitive spirit about it. Um, of course, he hit him very, very bad, but I mean, he, it wasn't intentional, I believe. Yeah. Well, that's that's good. That's good to to hear that because I, I think people who are how they are on the court is how they are off the court. I, I it's different because I, I think for 
for for him as well. It's just too many incidents in a row. You know what I mean? Like, it's just too many in a row. Um, getting suspended yeah. indefinitely is wild, though. I, I've never seen a suspension like that. You know? Uh, me neither. I don't. I don't know. They uh, the NBA going to do their job. But the one thing about Dylan Brooks, he's Canadian. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know about it either. We had him in the playoffs last year and. Uh, met him this summer in Germany, played yeah. against him, but met him afterwards. And uh, he's another guy who is, you know, kind of misunderstood. And um, he's really a good guy off the court. And um, I mean, that's people just, you know, know them on the court and see what they do there, you know, and uh, they get judged by it. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's tough to people get nicknames, too. You know how Dylan is he's calling himself Dylan the villain, just like how you're Dennis the menace, you know, yeah. like it. I did. I didn't give you uh, that. Uh, I, I didn't give me that um, that nickname. Uh, I remember when I got to the Lakers, uh, Bond always said the menace. Uh, I remember that. But I mean, I never watched the movie either, so uh, <laughs> okay. I don't really. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the WWE stuff. Dylan Brooks leans into that. Like, he oh, dresses yeah. like yeah. a WWE character. He's, you know, does the big <laughs> stare down before every game and stuff now. Uh, he's leaning into it. No, but I, I feel like for every team, like, you need somebody with an edge. You know, otherwise, like, you know what I mean? For like, sure. Otherwise, you just get, people run you over too much. It, it's yeah. it's competitive sports. Like, people are always going to try to push that envelope. And somebody's got to say, like, no, that's that's the line. Obviously, you can't be punching people. But, you know, you, you got to know where you got to stand up for yourself and you got to stand up for your teammates, most importantly. Yeah, and it was Serge here for a couple of years. James Johnson before that. James Johnson actually just yeah. signed with the Pacers today. He's back in the league. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, maybe for, for something like that, too. So, uh -oh. I, I mean, you trace the history of the Raptors. There, there have been some here, too. Yeah, Dennis, is, is there a... Is James there a Johnson. Yeah. James Johnson, yeah. He, uh, he That's, uh, I played with him in Atlanta. Um, yeah. Really, really great guy. Um but uh, you gotta be careful. <laughs> Yo, I gotta ask you. There was always a story he would tell where he could like do a like he would flip and kick up like kick the, the the mesh. I don't know if you ever seen him do this before, but he would he was a, in Toronto twice, and he would tell the story where he could do a backflip and kick the the mesh of the rim like he was Jackie Chan or something. I don't know if you've ever seen this from him. <laughs> Never seen it. Never seen it. Okay, maybe we're just believing anything that NBA players yeah. tell us. Yeah, he also, I mean, he trains <laughs> MMA and, and, like, recently said he could beat, like, most of the UFC guys, Yo, too, so. He's, like, he's. I think he's undefeated in his, like, actual fighting career. Yeah, right? but, like, he's, like, coming at UFC guys. That's, like, you okay. having a good pickup game and being, like, yeah, I could take Dennis. I could, for the record, Dennis, I could not take you, man. I could not take yeah, you. Yeah, man, you sweet. <laughs> oh, well, oh, we got to see, buddy. We got to see, all right? You understand, I'm also a different person on the court. So, all right, Dennis, we run out of time, man, but I, I appreciate you. I'm next, playing, man. Yo, next week, we're going to ask you about Jeff Teague, all right? Because I looked up the video, and there's one time where Jeff Teague tried to push you or try to fight you or something. We're going to get an answer out of this because I know there's something spicy there for sure. Oh, Jeff, I just heard a podcast about him, too, but uh, I'm looking forward to that conversation next week. All right, Dennis, appreciate you, man.